Did you see that Jesse Encamp video of the self defense? We are going to talk about this. Did you see it? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah uh, uh, what did you think? Um, oh, I don't know, man. It's anything you've anything you've seen before? Yeah. Well, so <laughs> what, a couple of well, I think he showed three different things, and it, one of them was pretty similar to something you had taught last week. I think it was the, the hook one. Yeah. Yeah. The the defense against the haymaker. Universal defense. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, against, yeah, yeah. against the hookers. Yeah, yeah and then and then one of them was uh, it involved you know clapping the ears, that which was, was day, yeah. which is something you did as well, and then the last one the defense against the tackle or you know a takedown like a like a rugby tackle type thing it was pure nonsense utter nonsense. Yeah. And I think Master Ken called it bullshit on yeah on the video yeah yeah I thought it was quite funny but yeah teaching self defense in the dojo is that something like do you ever teach the kids that self defense actually stuff? recently since we had our conversation with Guy Broder. I've started to incorporate just a little bit, just like an application for Shuto Uke or Get On Barai, something really simple. Um, yeah. And they're, you know, they're rubbish at doing the drill, but they love it. They love yeah. pairing up with somebody and preparing to punt, you know, I mean, pretending to do a big haymaker and then, you know, like blocking and preparing and striking the neck with a Shuto and something. They th- they get, it's great crack for them, yeah. even though they're rubbish at it. Um, but uh, so yeah, I've started to incorporate just a little bit of practical application with the kids, yeah. um, because Guy said that even if it's your first ever karate class, you need to go away with something that works. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try that. Because I think that's one. It is one of the things. Like I, I think we've talked about it before, but it is, can be difficult to see the immediate practical practicality of karate when you first start training in it. I didn't see it for years and years because yeah. I was I was I came up in the KUGB style, which was just Kihon, you know, keep brain dead Kihon, yeah, Kihon Kimitakata with no explanation. Really, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, no no links in between them. I think um, something like I, I I so I tried to do, I've tried to do self defense stuff with kids before, but it just ends up in chaos a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, yeah, it gets a bit chaotic, and I I, I think to myself. All I'm doing is taking away minutes that could be dedicated to them practicing kata or something like you know, something, something that they're actually going to need because at the end of the day the kids want to get their new belts they want to do this yeah and I, I, and sometimes I think I wasted half an hour there oh I'd never spent half an hour no, on it no, man. like yeah. like or, or like yeah 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 I would say I, I wasted like half an hour trying to get them to do oh, oh. Tommy, Tommy has sit. arrived with the cans of Guinness with the thank Guinness you Tommy disc. Sensei oh. Oh, that was too close to the microphone. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> he said, "That's what seniors are for." <laughs> well, what were we talking about? <laughs> but yeah, I think. Um, but I, I definitely like, last couple of times I was teaching in Scott Sensei's class. I thought I'll do something a bit different. I'll do some self-defense stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's a couple of similarities in that Jesse and Camp video. Um, but I think one of the big things is. Um, if you're going to do that, man, you have to do. You have to keep it as simple as possible. I think mm-hmm. you know. Um, I've been in classes where people are teaching self-defense stuff, and they have, you know, six different sequences just in order to get somebody down to the ground, yeah. or uh, you know, you're trying to put them in all sorts of arm locks, leg locks, all these like you know stuff that's it, never going to work. Twisting the hand this way, and then pushing mm-hmm. the elbow this way while rotating them this way, and then you know, flipping them the other way. When sometimes it's just like the best thing, man, is just 
get, take the heel and your heel of your palm and just smack them in the face with it. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And I, I think a lot of people, such as simple, Jesse you know? Enkamp, they talk too much about it while they're doing it. He he, you know, it took him. <laughs> It took him. I was minutes. skipping through the video trying yeah. to get to the point, and every time yeah. I skipped, he was, he was just, just talking. talking. He was the talking. <laughs> I was like, I was like, just show me what you're doing. Like, show me six or seven times. Yeah. Like, show me the sequence six or seven times rather than telling me about the sequence. Yeah. Uh, that's one of my pet peeves with, with people who teach. It's like they talk about it a lot. It's like just show me it. Yeah. Show me it, or bring someone up who can do it. And if like if you're not able to do what you're like, which you probably should if you're teaching it. But if you if you can't do it or there's someone in the class who maybe does it better than you pull them out and get them to do it so mm. we can all see what it is you're wanting us to do and we can try and replicate it you know yeah um yeah i think a lot of t- when it comes to self-defense and karate instructors in general they t- they can talk a big game about it but then actually have no clue of how to make it practical you know but it seems that we're going to be well certainly uh, it seems that you you've started to put a stronger emphasis on Practical application, self-defense mm. type stuff. Not even related, trying to relate it to kata that much. You know, maybe it, like I'll, I'll say, well, this this technique you can see like this a little bit, like you know, whatever moving hianidan or whatever. Like this is a little bit like shuto. This is a little bit like whatever. But I, I think when you try and try and fit what works, uh, try trying to make something like a kata, taking a technique from that and then trying to make it work, better to just defend against an attack. Find what works and then see what see it's similar if it to. Fits into a kata. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, like a, a we done that fun funny drill the other day that um, I think uh, Scott Sainz was talking about it, saying a uh, Christian Augustin from oh, yeah? Norway was the one that showed him it or came up with it. Which one what, was it? It was the the so one person stands in a circle. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was and great. Yeah, they get yeah, attacked yeah. from by four different people, mm-hmm. one at a time, and you just block and counter any way that you can see fit doesn't have to be fit, like have any sort of finesse to it it's just just stop the attack and hit them stop the attack and hit them stop the mm-hmm. attack and hit them and um and then you take that away and you just practice what block and counter you did mm-hmm. and then you make it a little bit neater a little bit cleaner you make it look more like kihon then you, know, you basic moves one yeah. after the other and then all of a sudden you've got like a little mini kata yeah and we've done that what twice and then you had a uh, what an eight move eight or nine move cat or something like that. oh man so, mine had like 20 moves <laughs> <laughs> lots, of, lots of counters yeah but yeah. And, and then you end up adding turns to it then you have to add embassy and then all of a sudden you've got this very elaborate uh, performance that originally stemmed from just very simple self-defense techniques yeah and that's the way that you should i think that that's an excellent point and thank you christian for for you know that that great idea and because i thought it was a great example of how kata becomes so stylized so far like like so stylized compared to their what they're probably actually meant to be practicing yeah definitely Um, like for for example uh there was a part where i was in the middle um of that you know we were doing that drill that you mentioned so i was in the middle and i had to show my team the bits that I'd come up with and one bit was was it was like it was too elaborate it was like this big swinging block that I'd done or something and they were having trouble getting it so I broke it down into two moves and then it and I also I just added something for the other hand to do and all of a sudden it wasn't it didn't look like what I had done in the first place at all but I'd just done it that way because it was easier to teach and you could well say that that's what has happened to 99% kata? Ninety-nine percent of yeah, what kata we do have now, just yeah. been you know they've changed in ways that's easier to teach or changed to ways that are you know this and that things that aren't necessarily to do with practical application at all. 
I'm, I'm very upset, man, because we we're talking about Tommy says he's bread and butter. Yeah. And he's and he's over there giggling away with his wee pint. <laughs> Come sit down and talk to us, Tommy. <laughs> he's got Guinness everywhere. <laughs> Move over here and talk to us. What's the glass? <laughs> sit right there next to Ross and we'll share this microphone. In general, though, I think people, yeah, that, that kind of systematically trying to make kata techniques into something that works rather than just doing something that works and seeing what kata that fits into. I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. Wouldn't, you agree, wouldn't you agree, Tom Simpson? I think it's also about like the fact that um, people are trying to use, trying to turn kata and use kata as a self-defense technique against Shotokan style movements. Yeah. Which is the way you will never, ever be attacked. Well, you'd be pretty thrilled if you were attacked like that. You know, somebody step back into the game and like, oh, Yush, and they go, this is going to be fucking great. But unfortunately, that doesn't really happen unless, you know, yeah, you're very lucky. Wait, I'm waiting for that day so I can do yeah, that Kagawa Maigiri to yeah, something. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the, the problem is that, you know, people are trying to use it and people get caught up in, oh, I must be in a stance and I should be facing forward or should, in the kata, it's this... And, you know, people like Steve Vubel, Sensei, and Guy Broder, Sensei, people like that, Ian Abernethy, all these guys are just, just doing it. Yeah. They just do it. They've gone beyond the technique. I know it sounds very zen, but they have, you know what I mean? And that's so important, you know what I mean? And, like, and I'm trying to start doing that as well, slowly, just very slowly with the simplest moves. Forget the complicated stuff, just even the blocks. You know, we saw Steve's application of blocks in wherever we were, San Diego, weeks yeah. ago, and it just, uh, it just rattles your head, you know, and it's kind of, it just puts you back in your box a lot, is yeah. the only way, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that we're doing anything wrong by any account, but it just puts you back into a sense of, okay, there's a lot more going on here than we're giving this block credit for. Yeah, that's like the separation between style and form to practical application, yeah? Absolutely. And it's understanding that what might benefit you athletically um, or in terms of conditioning your body, whether it be for flexibility or explosiveness or any of those things, there's still a nitty-gritty application side to everything that you need to adhere to and to try and make that form go hand-in-hand with that application probably isn't going to get you very far. Absolutely. And it's like, give us all 8-10 points, bring us back into the dojo. You know, well, let's roll around, have a few, try your bunkai then, and see how efficient it would be. The stuff that we teach... Sounds like a Humble Dojo Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I got injured at the last Humble Dojo Christmas party. What oh, yeah. I got kicked in the leg, remember? Remember? There was that person there that who person. did Muay Thai. <laughs> and she kicked <laughs> me in the leg. Oh, Christ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was limping at the Christmas course the next day. I looked ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise I was that bad. She's gone now. She's dead now. She's dead now. R.I.P. Yeah, but again, I think there is a bit of truth in that. How many of us would actually use what we know after a few pints? Again, Are you the way you'd be elements of it, but... I mean, I think what 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 you would use is again that uh, 
the benefits of the training rather than the actual techniques you, that have benefited just, yeah. you itself. Yeah. You just like somebody starts something, you just smack them, don't you? You don't. <laughs> yeah, there's, you no don't. there's no talking. Self oh, defense this, with Ross Sensei. Rock somebody <laughs> starts something, you just smack them. <laughs> yeah, just rattle them. But that's. But I mean, that's it. Like I, I mean, see so many people like, oh, I have, I have a. You hear these some of these guys, you know, online and stuff. It's like, oh, I have a sequence that I do that's un, that's unbeatable. It's an unbeatable street self defense sequence, oh, <laughs> and it starts with a stomp on the foot, poke in the eye, a smack on the side of the head, a tickle of the armpit, then a snap of the, <laughs> and it's just some sort of nonsense thing. And it's like at the end of the day, you're just going to, again, probably slap them in the face. Is probably the first the first thing you're going to do is just put your hands in their face and push them away something like it's very very short time to think about anything and it just goes to what you instinct you instinctually do and if you train for example to punch gakazuki all day every day like we do chances are somebody starts on the first thing you're going to do is just a straight right hand to the, mm-hmm. to the face regardless yeah. of the technique it's just going to be however you hit the makiwara hard and fast that's what you're going to do exactly. especially for someone my size it's probably not a good idea to get into any grappling because if it's, yeah. you're going to turn it into a, a, a contest of strength, well, for someone like me, I'm probably going to lose because most people are a bit bigger than me. But I'm fast and I can punch hard. So, yeah, I'm going to try and keep my distance yeah. and I'm going to try. But, you know, we're talking about fighting as if we have a lot of experience. We, yeah. we, we, we watch a lot of videos. We, 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 we know a lot in theory, but I've never been in a real fight as a grown-up. I used to get in a lot of fights when I was a kid, but when you're a kid, you're not really that capable of hurting one another. I've seen people get really badly hurt. Luckily, I wasn't fighting those people. But, you know, um, just schoolyard scraps, basically, where you're sore for a few days, but never life-threatening. I would never put myself in a situation where you end up in a fight. Oh, you mean as a... Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I mean, I think if you're doing that, you're an idiot. Mm. I think that... Unfortunately, you might find yourself in a situation where you cannot escape the scenario yeah but I think I mean most I hope most people like what was it somebody put it was a post that Scott put and he was talking about he was talking about application yeah. and somebody said how many real fights have you ever been in oh yeah and I was, I was yeah, reading that yeah, so I was reading it going like yeah, fucking moron! Like, like is he getting ready, to, is he getting getting ready to boast about how many fights he's been in like, is it something you'd brag about is it something that you like I think as a grown man if you find or yourself, woman. or or women, but like in his in his case, in yeah, his yeah. case, to still relish in the thought of getting in a fight when either you're going to do serious serious damage to somebody and go to jail, or you're going to have serious damage done to you and go, and go to, to hospital, hospital. <laughs> or look like a bit of an idiot because you can't, you yeah. can't do it which is the worst yeah. the shame you have to commit harakiri when you get home like, you know um, well, I think there's yeah. a sense of irony in training as well like you know what I mean like the more you know about violence and how to inflict violence uh-huh. in theory the less you want to be involved yeah. Yeah. like it's kind of ironic we're like oh come on let's smash this rally jitter but then you go outside and you're like okay well this is dojo is dojo mm-hmm. you train your body you, you train go, your you're going to give me my fifth down if I smack you no <laughs> am I going to do it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, is there a cash prize at the end of this brawl? No, yeah. then I'm not interested. You're all right. Exactly. You know, like it's just it just becomes ridiculous. Like you know, and you're just good at something, something, never do it for free. That's the that's the rule. Yeah. The Joker yeah. says exactly. So like, yeah, I just think it's yeah, just 
Just training. Best def- best self defense is what? Is, what is it? Scott says, "Don't be there." Don't yeah. be there. Yeah. Don't yeah. Be there. Best self defense is don't be there. Second one is my giddy to the chin. Yeah. <laughs> number if you're two. little like us, through, it's my giddy to the testicles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it always works. Yeah, but we were talking about training, training us like training by yourself versus training in classes and stuff. You were just you know getting a wee sweat on in the dojo there by yourself there while we were talking. Yeah. Um, you spend a lot of time training by yourself on, on, on your own. I know you, you you tell me about your secret room in the kitchen that you... Yeah, the dry store. Dry store, <laughs> smack in the cans. Dry store in the kitchen, the flowers, bags of flour, the tins, and yeah, chocolate bags as well sometimes if I'm feeling a bit... Those are your makiwara? They're my makiwaras, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose I do. Like, I don't spend hours and hours and hours training on my own. I don't have time. Um, like, But you know, just today I had a pretty mentally stressful day in work, so I was like, I am... And I did go to show die show yesterday morning with AJ, and we were walking through, and I was just, it was just crap. I was like, my time is way off here, and probably spending too much time on social in the last couple of weeks. So I said, right, I need to readapt to training now. So I do feel a little bit better after that. Probably completely uncoordinated. I probably looked like a turkey over there, but like. Um, so when you were upside down for half the time, I was like, that's funny, good <laughs> yeah. joke. Yeah. Give myself level. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, training on your own, yeah, I do do it every now and then, like there's times you just can't get here, you know, just, it just doesn't work and you're too tired. So I just, I'll just stand in front, of, I have, I'm lucky I have a big long mirror in my room, so I just stand in front of the mirror and just ping away. Just yeah. do 20, 30 Yakuzukis, and you do 20 Yakuzukis full speed, full power in front of the mirror. You don't need nothing else, you are fucking wrecked. Mm-hmm, you yeah. are wrecked, and it might only be two minutes, but after a 12 or 14 hour day, that two minutes is quite a long time, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, but I think yeah. I mean, it's it's good to do it, but I wouldn't, not say I wouldn't. I mean, like it's it can be very dangerous as well because you you have an idea of yourself, mm-hmm. and then you guys come along and go, no, that's that's not what you're doing at all. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, for example, when you know when someone else is watching yeah. you or vice versa, you just become, you know, you think, oh well, I can do it in my head, which never translates to what your body is doing. You know, so it can be quite dangerous. Mm. I think like you were talking there about at the start there about you know you felt your time was off for good show show like how do you like your timing is off according to who well according to it's yourself, quite subjective oh like, sorry, so, sorry that, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm saying yeah. according to yourself you were saying your timing was all off way off and stuff like I think for me personally like as like you can it's like you can you can feel it straight away that yeah. something might not be good but then there's once once or twice I thought like there's been times where I thought oh, that, that, something about that felt off to me mm. Somebody's went. I think one time I done a soul chin in front of mm, you, and you went. Yeah. And it was one t- the one time when you went. That was actually really good. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember going. Yeah. That's funny because a couple of bits in there I thought were we all. And you were like, no, no, you took your time. You were there. So, like, I think, do you ever struggle to find your ba- the the balance of being too critical, self critical of yourself, maybe not being self aware of what you're maybe doing right, what you're maybe doing wrong, like because I know that's something that I sometimes find mm. a, a struggle with. There's things that I think. Oh yeah, that felt quite good. Like, and then like you see, the boss yeah. yourself, somebody will come in and go, what are "You doing that for yeah. stupid?" You know, and or vice versa. There's something that you feel, ah, this just feels sloppy, and then somebody looks, and you're mm. like, "Pinging away at that." Mm. And it's like, how do you do you personally mm. struggle to find that uh, to recognise that? I think there is a balance. Again, I think, I think I'm constantly questioned because having like a Scott sent around, we're constantly being challenged because he's constantly challenging himself. So I guess. 
we never get the chance to become complacent and go, well, I can do so shit and that's it. I put that cat to bed and I never do it. I just pull it out every now and then and I just, that's it. It's done. It's perfect. That's never the case because you have to, you have to keep training consistently. But I think, yeah, you do. Like there is a point where you have to kind of give yourself a bit of a break and not yeah. be too hard on yourself. But then there's times when you just, you know, like I haven't done that in a while. And it was AJ said to me, yes, can we do it? And I said, yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And I did the first one. I was like, Holy Jesus Christ, what, what the hell was that? <laughs> Looked like a guy trying to, oh, God knows what. And I knew straight away it was off, and now I feel a bit better after just a bit of repetition. And I left it alone. I went into other catas, and I did it towards the end, and I was like, oh, okay, that's better now. You know, you get a feeling for it again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then I suppose, yeah, you can be constantly at it, like, but I think it's a case of just getting it to a point where you're satisfactory, getting somebody else to have a quick look. And going, oh yeah, that's nice. Okay, well, okay, that's fine. Move on, something else, and keep yeah. it warm. You know, you train with Scott myself consistently. Yeah, and I think I would like to think that in terms of technical advice, in terms of what we tend to teach in classes, it's not too far apart. I don't think I'm going against the grain when I'm teaching compared to Scott. No, um, I think I, I try and emulate Scott a lot um, but what do you feel like when you train with someone like for example Rick Horton Sensei or Guy Brodeau Sensei or one of the guest instructors um, when they change something completely about the kata they have a, their own unique take on a certain aspect of a kata say for example you're practicing MP a lot just now if you were to look at the way Scott Sensei does MP and then the way that I don't know like uh, Rick Horton says I would say that one because he's quite out there with he the way that he thinks, different, he right, yeah. thinks of kata. If, they, if Rick was teaching you MP, do you think that there would be things that you would definitely change because like, it's a different perspective? Do you think you would just stick with what you know? Like, Are you at the stage now where you're maybe trying to experiment a little bit with... No. Not at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that's the short answer to that, man. No. I, I, I feel like the best thing for me to do at the moment uh, is to try and emulate what you and Scott are doing. Uh, I feel in that regard, I'm still very much at the shoe yeah, I'm in the shoe we're of the all shoe, the Harry. We're, we're all at the shoe. Are we? <laughs> oh, yeah, we learned that early, very quickly. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I feel like I'm still in the shoe. Um, and say I went to a different sensei and he revealed something new, something that really appealed to me, and it went against something that Scott had taught, I'd just, I'd just sort of save it for later. I'd, I'd Maybe I'd practice it a bit, make sure I can do it make sure I remember it and then I just go back to trying to do what you got uh, an example of something that you've that you've liked that's a bit against the grain than what we're normally doing in here probably some probably some dicky stuff yeah yeah Nick Dickey's a good he's, a good he's the go to one you know contrast. because because yeah. it is that contrast between him and Scott mm-hmm. um, are we allowed to call him Dickie on the podcast you just call him Dickie on the <laughs> podcast <laughs> 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 okay, Richard Amos sensei sorry Richard Amos sensei yeah because his his style is so different we can't call him Dickie on the podcast can we do nah, we have to go it. back nah fuck it <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, because his his style is so different to Scott's, but also so good, so impressive, and so appealing. Yeah, I mean, look at his. Okay, I'll we'll get back to that one. Are you? So yeah, um, I like. So his his bag has always been the 
well, you know, the, what what he tries to get across, in my experience, Richard Amos, is the connection thing, you know, and one of Scott's big things has always been the whip thing, you know, and, you know, Richard Amos is always about, you know, using the whole body, 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 um, connecting, uh, sort of this thing of, of, of releasing your, say, if you're stepping forward, Oizuki, your hand moves at the same, you know, you start moving your hand, you release your hand, everything moves at the same time. There's... Um, there's very little, there's no disjointed movement. It's it's nearly robotic, but, you know, it works for him. And back when we were more closely associated with him, when I uh, had done a few courses, done, I'd gone to a few courses, I thought, like, this stuff is really good. I want to be able to do this. And since uh, up to the point where you guys, you know, you recently did your trip to San Diego and we're re-emphasizing that thing now because, because Steve Ubel has kind of reveal to you guys uh, just just how important it is but but up until that a couple of weeks ago uh, I was much more into trying to I, I was I was just immersed in Scott style which is it's whippier it's uh, you save some things you know say you step forward and you try to hold things back hold things back and then release them at the last second it's, timing is still important things have got to finish at the same time it's just a different style I guess. So yeah, I'd like to come back to, you know, I, I said I'd come back to that Richard Amos style stuff, and we're coming back to it now anyway, so I don't have to do that on my own. Um, but like I said, in the meantime, I've got I've to work my way up the ranks. I've got to, I've got to just learn. I don't think I'm at the stage where I can start making decisions for myself. So I'm just going to do my best to emulate what, mm. you, what, what you guys are doing. For the time being. And I think like that's the right thing to do in a sense. Like you have to have a base and yeah. then you can work. You do have a base now, mm-hmm. but it's a quite a mixed base. Like, well, let's say pr- pr- before you started training full time, mm-hmm. you had a mixed base, I yeah. would say. Yeah, Definitely. so like you had quite a mixed base as well. And then you spend a couple of years with someone on training with Scott since about four years now, nearly four yeah. years. So, you know, I have adapted a lot of his style. Absolutely. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. again, I still haven't forgotten the roots of training with the likes of Aidan Trimble for 10 years of my life. You know what I mean? And the likes of training with whoever else, you know, Steve for even for 10 or for 20 years. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you still keep them, but you just add, mm-hmm. add on to it. You know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. you will pick up things as you go along, but you do need a solid base. And like, I'm not worried about it. There's, there's so many good senseis that, out there, you know, and I know yeah. I'm going to stick with Scott for a long time. Uh, and when the time is right, I'll branch out there because I'm really wary of, really, really wary of people who jump ahead, who try and develop their own style when they still just haven't got the basics down. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be like that. I want to I wanna be diligent. You know? Yeah. No, can't disagree with that. Um, I think that... It is like, but it is something like, for example, going back to the bringing it back around to kata. There are certain ways that some people do things that I think can always just enhance your own performance of it. Like, for example, like yeah. we talked, we've talked about this before, right? But the way that, Rick, like we talked about this last time you're on, but the way Rick Houghton just talked about Solchin, just he's when he started talking mm. about how to be relaxed during kata. And then he came up and physically manoeuvred us to the point where we're like, oh, we can feel the tension now. And we think we're relaxed. We think we've lost the tension because, you know, maybe our fists are a little bit looser, our shoulders are down. 
But then, like, you, as soon as you felt him and how relaxed he was when you touched, you were like, "Use oh, that Aikido yeah. touch." Yeah, mm-hmm. he did, man. He one hundred percent did. Yeah, one hundred percent did. And you were like, just like, turned to jelly. You were like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. okay, this this is relaxed." Then next thing you know, when you do that, that you know that double punch, and so chin, it was a million times. It was just like, you know. But that's not shot. necessarily. But I think that's. But that's his talk about also being relaxed, and then how he then releases the punch. Uh-huh. His feeling of that. Feel this, feel this, and then feel like you're coming down into your hip, and then this is firing out. out yeah. Just yeah. that, just that thought process yeah. of where the energy's going, uh-huh. and it's that sort of downward, then up and upward arc sort of yeah. thing with the body. Like again, hard to describe without physically, feeling without it. feeling it and physically seeing what he was talking about. But it was literally talking about your energy coming down and through your center to your hip, to specifically the hip that's firing, and then it shooting out. And when he was doing that, and you could feel the relaxation that he wanted you to have, yeah. So your arms are totally relaxed, and his hip. Then he, he you felt, boom, you know, send your hip forward. Then your hands just went out. And I think that that's something that is unique to Rick that I always try and emulate. Then you've got, uh, like I said, we were over at Steve the other day. He was changing everything about the, <laughs> like our cat our stances and stuff. And that's something that, for example, I'll leave behind because that's not at that level, not ready for that step mm-hmm. yet. Um, but then you've got like so many different people who have different expertise in certain kata like there's certain people who you know they have that go-to kata that is just their kata and when they do it you just go wow I need to I need to steal the way that they're moving here Mm -hmm. Uh, this during this sequence that sequence is something completely different to everyone else and I love it so I'm taking it you know like there was a video of the boy in the the JKA talking about going to show and he was talking about um, that yeah. Gaydan Haito yeah the Haitos yeah. the, the Haitos when you turn and he was just talking about how he drops his body this is how he he makes this turn in. how he lands and just stuff and it was just, just like that's great I'm stealing that yeah, and that's something yeah. that, hasn't, that hasn't been taught before um, I think you were talking about different ways of conceptualising something but not necessarily doing it differently to the way we're taught well I think like differently to the way you're taught I think but people have emphasis uh, like emphasis on what you can say conceptualise but then there's also Mixes of ways to do techniques. For example, again, Richard and Scott are the two best examples because they do perform their techniques differently. Now, if I am looking at Unsu, for example, Richard senses Unsu is excellent, mm. and there's certain ways that he does um, things in Unsu that I would definitely steal and try and perform the same way mm-hmm. as opposed to Scott's karate, just because. There's something about that that sort of sp- speaks to me a bit more than maybe the way that Scott Sense is teaching it. Okay. That being said, if I'm if I'm do like there's certain things in I don't know MP for example the way that Scott can you know drives with his back leg and stuff compared to the way that I've I've done MP with Richard Sense that I would prefer to do Scott's way. Mm-hmm. Just with what they're emphasising on with each part of their body is a little bit different. You know, Fair like, there's there's certain things like I know that this part. <laughs> The, the first key I announce mm-hmm. the way that Dickie does that first key I announce is excellent mm-hmm. you know I'll call him Dickie again sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's too late now just, <laughs> just on that whole Dickie thing did you see his Kumite performance yeah. the last couple of days like, the, like his Ashurgiri yeah. is just For, phenomenal perfect example his Ashurgiri uh, I have tried to emulate Richard since he's Ashurgiri so difficult yeah. You're and talking about these videos that he put up on Faye. Was it Facebook? Facebook he was yeah. competing in Japan. Yeah. They were wearing headgear, he won, and yeah. it was he he won yeah, he won, won himself first place. Very impressive. Really impressive. It still looked sharp as ever, you know, like very, very good. 
But yeah, so for example, his Ashirogeri is something that he that I learned from him that's unique to him, mm-hmm. I think, in the way that he was teaching it, the way he was showing it. Um, oh, Tommy Sensei, Guinness this. Um, and yeah, that that's something that I'll take away from from him. That's unique. His Kakomi as well. I really love the way that he does his Kakomi, and compared to anyone else that's taught me Yokogiri mm-hmm. Kakomi. The way he does it, I, I just I love the, the feeling of it. I love the way he described how he uses his the front of his body, the back of his body, mm-hmm. the hip flexors versus the glutes mm-hmm. to prepare and execute. Something that nobody else has really taught me in the same way before. That's something that's unique that I would steal from from him. I think Absolutely. Richard Sensei's um, like explanation of how he feels and his descriptiveness of the movement is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. He has, know, like, he has a certain phrases and stuff that really makes you go... He really speaks to you and mm-hmm. his, like, his wording. And, like, you know, I don't know if you've ever done a podcast on people's wording, like, you know, like, you know, da-dung for Scott Sensei, like, yush for Richard Sensei, and mm-hmm. wow for, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's a whole podcast there in itself. Do you know, but, The music like, that Sensei's the make. The, the music that Sensei's make, yeah. exactly, you know, like, I mean, you know, like, Richard Sensei's whole yush, 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 like, we do it all the time. Yeah. You know, we might be taking the piss a little bit, or we'll take the piss out of Scott, we'll take the piss out of everyone, but at the same time, we do that because there is a sense because of Because it captures yush. that feeling. It yeah. is the feeling of how he moves, and yeah. there's certain moves I will always do exactly as Richard Sensei has said, because it fucking works, yeah. and it just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Same with Scott Sensei, there's things I'll take from all of them, and you just mix them up, and it just... You know, they work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's... Yeah, there's something nice about it, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah Absolutely. Gosh. One that I really like is when uh, Rick Hutton talks about really winding back that, that hikite and really pulling back into hamni. And then he said, you know, you're like pulling, 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 like you're drawing the string on a bow. And the idea is that you release the tension as you throw that mm. gakazuki and then you lock it in again at the yeah. end. And he said, if there was a key eye for that feeling, it wouldn't be, yeah, it would be, ah. I like that. Yeah. It's kind of bullshit you're into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> I think uh, no. it's time for the fails of the week. Of the week. Fails of the week. <laughs> Tommy Sensor, do you have one? <laughs> yeah, my good show door. Good show door. Good show door. Good show door. You should next time. Next time you want Tommy Sensor, ask him, ask him for his good show show. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, my good show door. Yeah, that was my fail of the week. Absolutely. Just your bad timing in good show. Just my form, my whole. You'll <laughs> be better next week. Or next year. Please. Well, that's not a very funny fail of the week, Tommy. Okay, I'll do well, better I wasn't next here time. Much this week, I was only here. Was I here Monday? No, I don't know. See, I was here yesterday with AJ. Yeah, yeah, we and AJ. Me and AJ, you know. Oh yeah, we're here on Monday. No, I've no fails this week. I'm, I'm, I'm you, you were perfect. No, I wasn't perfect. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't here enough this week to have a fail. Do you have one, Ross? Yeah, um, I think my fail of the week um, would be. Um, I was trying to. We have Morad Sensei coming um, on in June to teach mm-hmm. and he in my opinion has perfected Yahara's spinning new racket mm-hmm. it is fantastic and if you haven't seen it check out on his Facebook on his Instagram it's everywhere, it's yeah. everywhere man he does it all the time every video <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> like, it is very it very is good amazing <laughs> uh, and I have been trying to get to grips with it myself because I want to because he's going to teach it when he's over here and I want us all to be able to just have a head do start it. anyway yeah. yeah to just be so that we're not spending 
the Three whole hours. session doing spirit reckon when we know that that's what he's going to do well i want because he's he's so much more than that and you can see it in his karate and i don't want it to be not that i'm saying it will be but i don't want it to be like a class on his, on his yeah. gimmick you know that's like going to a course with kagawa and all he does is his yokogeri you don't want to do the yokogeri you've seen it that much you want to dive into some some of the like knowledge that he has to offer, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing I feel with Morad. So I've been trying to do it, and man, I'm teaching it and I'm trying to break it down and realised very quickly during class I can't fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> like I was teaching it, I was telling everyone this is the feeling that you need to have, blah blah blah. I didn't fucking clue what I was talking about. I was like, <laughs> to be fair, I'm be... falling over the fucking place. I thought, I thought I was learning how to, to be do fair. It. I was there and Rue, you were killing it. To be fair, he was oh, killing it, man. He was yeah. doing some tidy ones. Yeah, you know, I'm just too go. fucking old to do it. But he was killing it, man. Yeah. And I can't even he do the jumping on suit. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I, I, I was, I realised very quickly that compared to when I normally teach stuff, I was like, I am very, very, very. <laughs> very unqualified to teach this technique you know it just wasn't out to standard uh, at all um, I, I get it I could put, you pass it by compared to everyone else in the class but if you were to put me up in front of someone who actually practices it a lot oh I'd look like a complete donkey <laughs> so it's quite a yeah that was my like I was I'm still quite sore in the hips to be honest after it yeah. I mean you and me train that classroom you know what I mean yeah, and yeah. I'm still a bit sore in the hips do you know what I mean? Like to be honest, I mean if we were training hard. We were pushing. He taught the same class on Thursday, so I did it twice. Fucking Egypt. <laughs> I think you know, like I was fucking. So I know you've got a bad hip anyway. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Fucking I'm glad I didn't come last night. But um, uh, yeah, it was quite a physical class. It was good. Like I liked your thought process behind it. It was good. I'm trying, trying to break it yeah, down. Yeah, trying to break it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it is hard. You can see. It'll be interesting. Sorry, interesting to see how he approaches it. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, it's his baby, it's his thing, or it's the hardest thing. Coming from straight from Yahara, from Abbey, wherever they, wherever that lineage came from, you know, it'd be interesting to see. And mm-hmm. like Richard Sense, taught it very well in Norway a couple of years ago. He he, he, quite, sh- he taught me it in, when yeah, I was in New York with him. Nice, yeah. That's where I was getting the the basics, the base for the final position. But I was trying to do it in a dynamic way with like a Gakazuki beforehand to try and get that quick bounce. I'm just a little bit worried that people might not be 100% aware of what technique we're talking about. Can you explain it? The spinning reckon that Yahara does. Just so people can visualise it while we're explaining It's when it. you're, you do a, a 360 degree turn. Without uh, moving your feet. Without moving your feet. So you coil into yourself while you're dropping your centre down. So you're compressing down with your legs while coiling in, so your inner thigh muscles are coming in together. Actually, the backs of your thighs are coming in together yeah. once you've rotated fully round, and you end up coming round full circle, hitting with the back fist. Mm-hmm. You've all seen it. If anybody's listening to this it's podcast, in, it's in Yahara's eighth down grading video. See, he does it all the time, man. Yeah. Just type in yeah. Yahara Urakin and you'll see it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so No, no, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm trying to break it down. You know, <laughs> 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 trying to break it down didn't weak. go that well. <laughs> Ruth, what's your feeling? Did like? I already do the one where I taught I taught uh, Techie Shodan backwards? Yeah. Did I already tell you yeah, about you that? Said that okay. one before, yeah. My fail of the week this time is um, uh, well, I nearly did that twice, by the way. But um, he tried to teach kids Techie Shodan backwards, but does it properly, and the kids are all doing it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of the kids had to tell me, "Oh, Sensei, you're doing this backwards." <laughs> Uh-huh. But uh, but this my most recent fail of the week is I ended a class half an hour early. 
<laughs> and then realized what I'd done and had to start the class again. <laughs> I was just like, because man, some of my classes yeah. start at odd times. I have classes that start on the hour, quarter past the hour, half past the hour. I get mixed up sometimes. So I was teaching these. It was one of my after school gigs. And the kids are very little, they're like fives, and there's a whole load of them. So it's an intensive class, I have to be on the ball, high energy. And I just kind of lost the run of myself, and I saw that it was, you know, that the hour was coming up, it was coming up to two o'clock. Yeah. And I thought, okay, let's let's play a quick game. And we played a game of helicopter, and I lined them up and bowed, and I said, okay, well, see you next week. And their parents weren't there to pick them up. And nothing happened for a while. And they started running around the place and screaming and playing catch. And it kind of descended into chaos. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And I checked the time and it was five past the, five past the hour at this stage. And I was like, oh, shit, there's 25 minutes left in class. Jesus. So I had to calm them all down again. That's and a big fail, man. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty big fucking fail. Oh, Jamesa, we say you didn't have I one. Only, <laughs> I only lost five minutes, okay? That's a big fail. <laughs> So I no, I just I just lined them all up go again, and we go on. Okay, back onto the road. Roll the streets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I just um, I just started the class again. And it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Only lost five big minutes. Fail. I am. Um, Gee, thanks. Yeah, well, I'm glad it's a big fail because you know I give the people what they want. <laughs> they want to hear a fail of the week. I give them a fail of the week. <laughs> Uh, anyway, guys, I will call it wrap there. That was pure ages. That was a long time. I'm going to edit this one down a bit. I think. Yeah. We're we're at an hour twenty right now, folks. So whatever you get one. in the finished product will probably be less than that. It was a bit of messing around. Probably, probably edit this bit out as well. If I was talking about how we're going to. Edit nah, it. people like that. It's people. a breaking the fourth wall, man. They yeah. love it. They love it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, deep bears. Oh, this. <laughs>